Hey, I'm Fred. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ant. And this is Creator Generation. There's this fallacy, there's this myth that uh, brand deal income is unpredictable, which is 100% false. Brand deal income is predictable if you make it predictable. All right, Fred, what are we doing this week? This week we are chatting with Justin Moore, founder of Creator Wizard. Justin is a guru at helping creators find and negotiate amazing brand deals, and he's here to give us some super useful tips. All right, we're back at Creator Generation this week. We are joined by Justin Moore, otherwise known as the Creator Wizard. Justin, g'day, welcome. What's going on? Thanks for having me, y'all. Stoked to be here. <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed you don't have like a special pointy hat and a cape and a wand. But, um... <laughs> I... <laughs> Well, I actually hold on. I got I got my water bottle. I do have the Creator Wizard logo on here, and I have like some. But I didn't know I was going to be quizzed on how uh, on my merch and everything. But next time, I'll bring the robe and everything. Please do. Awesome. I look forward to the uh, yeah the merch store of the Creator Wizard hat. Um, oh yeah. I, I like I like going on tangents, and I've already done that. But maybe we should bring it back. Who are you? And what do you do? You're you're a better introdu- uh, person to introduce yourself than me. So let's do that. All right, let's do a rapid fire one. So my wife and I have been uh, on YouTube since 2009. So we are, I would say, OG creators. This is back in the day before there was a partner program, before you could even make money as a quote unquote creator, quote unquote influencer. Um, and so yeah, we've been we've. We were daily vloggers for many years, over three years without missing an upload. Um, I've run an influencer marketing agency, ran it for about seven years, um, and I now educate creators all around the topic of brand partnerships. This is all I talk about uh, because it is really my, I discovered my true passion in life. I did not think that that was going to be the case when I started out doing this, but um, you know, through a combination of having done hundreds and hundreds of, of deals personally myself, but also kind of seeing behind the curtains running the agency where it's now budgets in the millions where they're trying to work with lots and lots of creators, understanding the strategy behind it, the platform strategy, what types of influencers they want to work with, which ones they do not want to work with, <laughs> kind of just pulling that curtain back and telling creators like, hey, this is stop making these mistakes because it's costing you money. Awesome. I love that so much. This is something I'm passionate about too, because I don't think creators talk about this stuff enough and a lot of us are out here blind. So I'm very personally excited for this pod. A hundred percent, right? Like I think everyone, everyone in this creator industry, particularly on the creator side, there's no matter how experienced and big you are, there's still that like uncertainty of what is going on? Why? Like it's and so yeah, it's it's super important that that you're doing what you do and 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 mm-hmm. we always try and um yeah pull back the curtain on everything but creator brand deals is and like how much should you charge and how does it all work? It's like it, it I don't know if that's why you came up with Creator Wizard, but it sort of feels like voodoo and magic and like it's all swirling around out there. But like, yeah. how did you like? Why why are you leaning so into the creator side of things when you've been really on like I know you've been a creator for a long time but you've also ran the agency side what what dr- draws you back to the creator side Honestly like it, it really does come down to we're getting real deep real quickly here but like it, I think it I think I think honestly it comes down to uh thinking about my life's mission and my purpose like you know I I truly feel 
um, you know, we've been creators for so long and had so much success personally that it's like, you start thinking of like, what is next? Like, what's the next chapter? And, and for me, it really came down to like having an impact, you know? And, um, I think really one of the big, uh, impetus for going down this road over the last two years, educating creators is that I see so many creators, especially on TikTok, making the same mistakes that we all made on YouTube when we, when we came up. Um, so there's so many creators who have just blown up overnight. They are getting taken advantage of by brands. They're getting mm -hmm. taken advantage of, advantage of by management firms and agencies who are signing them with these really predatory contracts. Mm -hmm. um, and just like, you know, signing away every right under the sun whenever, you know, a creator is, is excited to partner with the brand. And I get it. It's like a lot of creators, especially, you know, when they're starting out, they have never had a quote unquote real job, right? They came out of school and they just, you know, blew up overnight and now they're making thousands of dollars on sponsorships and, and, and so on. And so I just felt like it was my duty to uh, inject uh, some clarity into the conversation. The other, the other aspect was that whenever I see, whenever I, I saw other kind of like coaches and business mentors giving advice on social media about being a creator and working with brands, the tone of a lot of it was like, brands are evil. They're trying to screw everyone. And like, you know, it's like, they're just really malicious and they're doing all these nefarious things. And, and that has been the exact opposite of my experience working with brands over the years. And so it's like, I didn't, I didn't see this conversation happening that like, no, working with brands is amazing. If you treat it like a business relationship, if you're professional, if you're communicative yeah. and responsive yeah. uh, and take this stuff seriously, it can become a very lucrative and scalable way for you to have a, a career as a creator. And so I just didn't see that dialogue happening. And so I felt like I need to be that guy. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> we were like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> no, it, it, it's awesome. I mean, I guess, like, you know, we're, we're saying that we're getting diving straight in, but like, let's dive straight in. But, and you've mentioned that there's the, the TikTokers are making the same mistakes. Yeah. So, what are those big mistakes that creators are making cross platform when they're looking at brands? You sort of rapid fired a few, but like, maybe what's the, you know, philosophically yeah. big yeah. top-line top ones that everyone's sort of making. Yeah. Please, please tell me. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think the biggest, there, there's a lot. I could probably talk for six or seven hours about this, but um, yeah, probably... Right. <laughs> set a record. Uh, but probably uh, the biggest one is, this is this is how it oftentimes happens, where let's say a creator blows up on YouTube or TikTok or whatever, and they have a certain series that there are a type of format of content that they're seeing a lot of success with mm -hmm. on social media. And so where their mind goes is I need to go find a sponsor for this content, right? It's like, I need to get someone to like pay me for all these views I'm getting, mm -hmm. uh, you know, other than AdSense or, or whatever, right? That's the mindset is like, oh, this brand would really love this because I have the same audience demographics or I talk about similar things that they do or this type of thing, right? And so that is how a lot of the mindset that a lot of creators have when they pitch brands. Because they reach out and they say, hi, my name is Justin. I have 600,000 followers on TikTok and I get this many views a month and this is my audience demographics and blah, 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 blah. I love your brand. I'd love to collaborate. That is what 99% of creator pitches look like. I know because I've been on the receiving end <laughs> of lots. Okay. And when in reality, if I am a brand or if I'm an agency and I receive a pitch like that, 
not only is that how literally everyone else sounds, but it's not interesting in any way. I don't know who this person is. It's not like I'm super busy. So like, what is this? How is this even relevant to me? Right. And so one of the most important things that I teach is that your pitch has to be about them, not you. Okay. And so the way in which you do this is that you make a research-based assumption um, of what you believe their business objectives are. So you go and you sleuth their press releases. You look at their blog. You look at what they're posting on Instagram, what they posted last year on Instagram. What are their job postings? Are they looking for an influencer marketing manager right now or a content marketing manager? You go and you look, what are they trying to accomplish? Did you hear their VP of marketing talk at a fireside chat at a local convention or something? What did they say? And then your pitch is, hey, I saw your VP of marketing saying that you're trying to do this. I can help you accomplish this by making some TikTok posts, do, helping you with strategy work, helping create exclusive content nice. that you can post on your platform. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it's going to be $5,000 a month, whatever. Are you free at Thursday at 1 p.m. to talk about this? Right. And so wow. it shifts completely from me, me, me to you, you, you. I will help you accomplish this business objective through this proposal that I'm giving you. And so that's like the number one biggest mistake that creators make. Uh, and I, Believe me, if you if you just make this very simple change, you're going to see a lot of success. Right. So you're saying it's more about how can what I do feed into your overall business goals? Hundred percent. Because like it's crazy. At, at the at the end of the day, yeah. um, the the other the other thing that that follows into this quite quite nicely, I think, is that the other reality is that when a brand emails you, right? That that's oftentimes how you know a lot of creators, yeah, you know. This very first point is like they're not really thinking about pitching brands, but randomly this email lands in their inbox and it's like brand X, Y, Z, love to collaborate with you. And they're like, yeah. oh, crap, what do I do? Right. It's like I have a YouTube video actually about it's called like a brand emailed me. Now what? <laughs> That's the title because it's like I've had this this conversation a lot. It's like I, I don't know what to do. Or I don't even know what to say. And surprisingly, a lot of creators either ignore or delete that email. And I'm just like. That's like money sitting in your <laughs> just like reply like like yes I'm interested tell me more right but even that is like too scary for people sometimes but anyways so it's like the 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 number one thing when a brand emails you all you need to do is say this very magical line are you ready you say this is so interesting can you tell me a little bit more about what your goal is for this campaign yeah, right. what would success look like to you that's it. That's all you have to ask because then you allow them to articulate what they are trying to accomplish because two surprising things will happen. Number one, a lot of brands will be like, oh, crap, we don't know. And so it'll force them to go back and think amongst their internal team and then get back to you with more concrete guidelines around what they're looking for from you because if they don't know there's no way that you're going to succeed in that partnership because what, regardless of your performance they're going to not be happy because they didn't determine that right mm -hmm. and then the other surprising thing that happens is that your proposal now needs to fundamentally change based on what they say so here's an example of that yeah, right. Let, let's say that the brand reaches out and they say, oh, we, you know, we, we're doing, you know, we've got this really exciting new product that we want to launch and we'd love you to talk about it. That, that's what they say. Right. And you say, OK, well, um, can you tell me a little bit more about the goal, your, your goal? And they say, well, you know what? We really just love your, you know, the way your content, the way you create your content, you know, you're really engaging. And really, we really just kind of want to get your content so that we can repurpose it and run it as ads or embed it yeah. on our website or something like that. And so if you hear that as a creator, 
What you propose to them is not, oh, I'm going to make one integration on my YouTube channel. It's like, no. Oh, that's so interesting. You want to repurpose my content as ads? Well, I can actually make you five 30-second videos that I don't even post that you can use as ads. Mm -hmm. And now the amount of money that you can charge them is completely detached from how many followers you have Mm -hmm. and your viewership, right? Because Mm -hmm. the goal of the campaign they told you was using (laughs) your content as ads. So it's just like a very small example of how powerful it can be to just kind of be a detective and ask these, these questions. Yeah, this is great. I'm just going to sit back and just let Justin keep talking. Just keep going. I'm I'm just going to make a cut. Like this is all interesting. Stop monologuing, Justin. I'm I'm here for it. This is brilliant. Like I I mean it all in the best way because it's it's great. Like we'll just sit back and let Justin drop knowledge. So, well, Um, you guys, I feel like you guys need to be like, yeah, but what if you need to like give me some counterpoints (laughs) or something? So I, well, I Fred, I I don't have a counterpoint, but I'm wondering uh, what you sort of described. You know, that element of that reactive strategy to to brands. Um, coming forward and sending you an email. Are you finding that as creators become more sophisticated, they're developing more proactive strategies where they themselves are going out to you know, enable so brand deals? One of the things that I teach in my courses and coaching and things like that is that regardless of where you're at in your creator journey, whether you're a micro-influencer and you haven't worked with a ton of brands, up to millions of followers as a creator, is that you have to be supplementing your inbound deal flow, meaning mm-hmm. the opportunities that are coming to you, with outbound perspective uh, proactive pitches, right? Uh, because like there's this there's this fallacy, there's this myth that uh, brand deal income is unpredictable, which is 100% false. Brand deal income is predictable if you make it predictable, right? And so I have this framework mm. that I developed wow. where it's like literally there's these there's eight steps in 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 a, in a uh, partnership. There's pitching, there's contracting, there's negotiating, there's contracting, there's concepting, there's the feedback round, production phase publication and invoicing, right? So there's, it's, it's every single deal you're ever going to do is these eight steps. And as long as you are monitoring as a creator, how many leads essentially that you have in each bucket of this sales pipeline, which is a concept that I'm teaching creators, um, then you'll never wonder when and kind of where your next deal is going to come from, because you just go and you look at your pipeline and you say, oh, okay, well, I've got two brands held up in the production phase, or I've got two brands held up in the contracting phase. Let me go like, you know, shake some trees and and be the squeaky wheel. Um, Because the whole point of of organizing your your sponsorship strategy in this way is so that you can get them through it as quickly as possible so you can pitch them on the next idea again, right? Because Mm. this is, I make this joke that creators fire themselves from their nine to five job every single month. They work with a brand and then they literally never talk to them again, right? And I I just sit them down and I say, do you have any idea how much easier it is to convince a brand that you just worked with, who you just did amazing work for, to hire you again? It's so much easier than going out and just being like, spare change, Uh, anyone? Spare change, (laughs) like going and hustling for your next deal every single month. It's like, no, like like probably 60% of the deals that my wife and I still do to this, this day as creators uh, are from existing relationships that we built up in this Rolodex of agencies and brands that just keep coming back to us over and over and over because they know, wow. oh, I got a tight deadline. Let's go hire April and Justin because we know they'll get it done. And sort of what you're describing is super interesting because it's going from creators just thinking so thinking about themselves as simply creators and more about little like media companies, right? They're more like, you know, the process you're talking about and having a proper pipeline and managing that and keeping those relationships happening. That's, that's a lot more sophisticated than a lot of creators have been in the yeah, past. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I think that that's, 
what I'm trying to inject into into the pop cultural zeitgeist of, of the creator economy, I guess, is that, you know, like if you want to have a long term career as a creator, you have to build systems and processes in place, uh, not just with sponsorships. Like, yes, yeah, sponsorship is kind of I consider sponsorships kind of like my Trojan horse where it's like I can teach you a lot about this one thing. But then, yeah, like a, a, a wholly a fully diversified creator business you know, has lots of different facets like affiliate marketing and, you know, direct, you know, fan funding and maybe digital products and, you know, and so on. Um, but it's like sponsorships, like everyone thinks, oh, it's like they're great. You can get them. It's like, no, <laughs> like you can make lots and lots. Of, you can make it a predictable income if you just some in, in, inject some certainty into it. I can hear a lot of a lot of people listening thinking this, and we we get it a lot at at, at like a lot of the YouTube uh, creator events that we do. Is like people are like, but I'm not big enough. Mm. Like, well, when am I big enough? Like, yeah. so it's like, oh, that's nice for the for the big end of town. Or yeah, the, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of subscribers. It's like easy for them, but uh, you know, when am I big enough? Or mm. I, I'm not big enough. Like, what do you say to that? Because like, I can just hear it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> what about me? Yeah. So so I have a, an, another video on my YouTube channel called How to Get Sponsorships with Zero Subscribers. <laughs> um, because uh, to, to hammer home the point that truly there's so much value that you can bring to a brand beyond your vanity social metrics, right? Mm. My favorite example of this is um, a micro creator looking at all of the opportunities in their local community okay mm-hmm. so this is a creator who let's say they have five thousand youtube subscribers right not not a huge amount but they go down their main drag you know in their city right and they go in for an afternoon into all of the small businesses along main street okay and they say hey you know um would love to lo- understand a little bit more about your social media strategy and, you know, I virtually guarantee you that 99% of them do not have a full-time marketing person, but they're desperate to drive foot traffic into their locations. Yeah. And so your pitch to them becomes, as a micro-creator, not, I'll talk about you on my YouTube channel. It's like, no, I will help you launch your TikTok so we can drive more foot traffic into your location, into your three locations around Brisbane. That's the pitch. And yes, yeah. it's a completely different challenge. Right. It's not, oh, I'm going to do an integration on my YouTube channel. You're now going to have to think about how can I drive local community based traffic now? But what a fun challenge as a creator. And so that small business looks at your 5000 subscribers on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And they think, wow, this person has 5000 followers. (laughs) Right. So here you are comparing yourself to all of these other giant accounts. And you're just like, oh, woe is me. I suck. Whereas these other people, if you just shift your frame of reference to, to realizing that you have so much value, you think brands and businesses have it all figured out on social media. They don't believe me. Right. And so for you to come in and say, let me be your strategist. Let me be a consultant for you to help you accomplish again, the marketing objectives that you had. And you know what? A lot of people don't like think about this as like a brand deal or a sponsorship, but it is, you are helping a brand accomplish something in exchange for money. Right. And so uh, one of my goals is to like broaden everyone's perspectives about what a sponsorship is and what a brand deal is to tap into the knowledge and expertise that everyone actually has. Yeah. Wow. Phoebe, that's, that's your, your, your Matt sort of have a similar approach, right? Like your, we do. the value for the brands you work with is beyond 
the content on your yeah. channel, right? Yeah, and often we'll be, we'll be engaged in the first instance to create exactly like Justin said, you know, they'll see what we do and they go, I like that it's that kind of user-generated content feel and that's what we want to integrate into our platforms. Can you come and shoot, you know, five 30-second videos? And then while we're there, we use that opportunity to film stuff for our platforms anyway because – you know, that's always great to have fresh content. So when we started, we just thought, oh, we'll be YouTubers or creators, whatever. You don't realize that you are starting a content creation agency and you have to view it that way. You have to, because it's so valuable what you bring. Let's, let's quickly talk on that point, Phoebe, about, mm. uh, there's this concept in negotiation psychology, which is, I just nerd out about this topic. This is like all I talk I about my, my course <laughs> is, um, your BATNA. It's a topic, it's a concept called your BATNA, which is your best alternative to a negotiated agreement. Okay, your BATNA. Okay. Both parties in a negotiation have this. And what this means is if this brand did not hire you, mm. what are their alternatives? Right? So if they're like faced with, okay, like Phoebe's saying that I have to, you know, we have to pay her 3,000 bucks or 5,000 bucks or whatever to do this set of deliverables, mm. what are we going to do in, if we don't hire her? Well, I guess we could go out and hire a production company or an agency. Like you said, we got to go hire mm -hmm. actors and actresses to star in the content who are just random people, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once we produce the content, we have to hire an editor to, to cut all the different versions for all the different platforms that we want. And then, oh, by the way, when we finish those assets, we have to go pay Facebook and Instagram and YouTube to run the damn yeah. app. Yes. Okay. Contrast that with, as a creator, you are a production company in a box. You're the creative yeah. services. You're the production team. You are the editing team. You market the content. You have an organic distribution channel to serve the content as well. Right? So it's like, as a creator, there's so much value that you have to bring to the table beyond your number of followers on your platform that it just absolutely you really have to have that mindset shift. Absolutely. I will mm. say, I don't know if this is just me. I'd love to know if other creators listening experience this. It is still hard to get paid. It is still hard to get paid. It's a fight every single day. I get emails every day. Hey, we want you to, and it's because it's travel. I understand the value of what the brand offers is, is quite high to them. But still, the, the flight, the cost of the plane flight doesn't pay my power bills. So mm. it's really hard even now to, to get that across. So any, any tips you have for, for creators out there who are getting these unpaid opportunities and how to convert them from unpaid to paid? Well, it's so funny um, because th this is actually uh, a, a really important topic, and I'm really glad you brought it up, which is that a lot of creators hear um, all of these uh, you know, things that they hear like, oh, you know, we, you know, join our ambassador program or yeah. become an affiliate or here's a gift card or our yeah. product is expensive. So that should yeah. be compensation enough. Or like, there's all these different versions of we're not going to pay you. That, yeah. That's whatever, that's what everyone hears. And what I need you to hear is that you should be saying different things based okay. on each of those things, each of those different types of things that they say. Cause a lot of creators will be like, oh, I'm only focusing on paid partnerships right now. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a budget? That's yeah. what everyone says. And that is the exact wrong thing that you should do. Oh my God, okay? I say that. And <laughs> that, well, this is, this is going to be a personal coaching session for you then. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so the reality is, is there's, again, there's different tactics to, uh, to go down. So, so let's, uh, give me, give me an example. I, I will literally give you a tactic right now based oh on what gosh. someone says. Okay. All right. Um, I've been contacted by a tourism board very recently. 
Um, they said, we want you to come to this country and we'd love for you to film some stuff, share some stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're putting up flights, hotels, activities, all your food, everything. You won't be out of pocket. Um, and then they said, do you, do you need to be paid? And I said, well, yeah, yes. And they said, well, we don't have a budget. And I was like, why did you ask? <laughs> and that's where we're at. <laughs> Is this, was this on, uh, via email or on a call? It started on an Instagram DM. And okay. it, I've been trying to move it to email and I keep okay. emailing and I keep getting DMs back. Okay. <laughs> Just fine. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So my advice to you in this particular situation, um, honestly, getting on a call or getting on a Zoom is your absolute top priority in these situations for this particular okay. circumstance. Because um, going back to this whole idea around being a detective, yeah. What imagine if you got on the call with this tourism bureau or board or whoever, and your first question to them is, tell me a little bit about the campaigns that you've run in the past. What worked well? What didn't work so well? Have you worked with creators in the past? I'd love to understand a little bit about which ones drove the needle and why, why you believe those ones drove the needle the most. Yeah, right. I'd love to dig into uh, what it was about those particular creators or the way in which they executed the content what was it about that? What what type of landing page were you driving people to? Was it just a you know random oh tourism bureau dot country dot you know whatever? Is yeah. that is that it? Um, interesting, um, interesting to know, right? So there's all these questions, all these things that you're asking, right? Yeah. Um, and asking, hey, are you uh, are you getting the rights to repurpose all of this content? Mm -hmm that these creators are providing you for paid media mm -hmm. to be able to extend the lifespan of this program to, you know, yield a, a more efficient ROI overall yeah. for this campaign. Um, would you like actually me to help you facilitate introductions and perhaps uh, logistics of managing a campaign with 10 other creators that I have in my network who do really solid work? Here's a bunch of examples. Yeah. Um, so like, again, I'm just like, off the top of my head, these are different things that I'm thinking about. But the goal with all of this is for them to think, wow, Phoebe is not just another creator. Yeah, she yeah. is someone who can help us take this campaign to the next level. She's helping us see things or think about things that we've never thought about before. And you are now no longer commoditized. You are no longer just another travel creator who's going to accept free, yeah. you know, free, free tickets and free board or whatever. It's like, no, she's actually helping us think through the strategy. What happens if you were to say to them, you know, I really think that we need to work on the landing pages that you're driving people to. I actually think <laughs> that for awesome. each creator, for each creator, you need to have travelbureau.com slash Phoebe. Yeah. And on that page is a smiling photo of me. Here's my top 10 travel tips when you are first you know, visiting the country. Maybe I can create some exclusive content that lives on that page that you, I didn't even talk about on my TikTok or YouTube mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, that is going to help pull the potential future traveler or potential future per person to book a accommodation uh, further down the purchase funnel or further down the awareness funnel of, of your country. Uh, maybe that leads to their opt-in form. So, right. So it's like, yeah. I, again, I'm completely making all this stuff up, but like, <laughs> Imagine if you yeah, had this I conversation with them. And by the way, 
they could go, they could still ghost you, right? So it's like yeah. it's possible that it doesn't work. But when you, but I guarantee you, if you take this mindset into all of your interactions moving forward in this yeah. situation, you'll no longer think like the thing is, is that it does require more education. And I, and I get that. And a lot of creators would be like, brand should know, like, how dare they? They're trying to take, take care. And, and I'm, I'm here to say that there are hundreds and hundreds of brands and agencies who have literally never done a creator campaign. Ever. Yeah, right. And so you could potentially be the first person to sit them down and say, this is how it should work. Wow. Saying like a big, big mm. part of it, establish yourself as a leader and then help them work, work on their business. It's so simple. If you think of that that way. Hey, just a quick interruption. If you want to hang out with your fellow creator community, hang out with us from creator generation as well. Just join the creator generation discord community. You can hit the link below. We'll see you there. You know, it's funny you're saying this, Justin, because I'm, I think it's like a bit of a self-doubt thing. You go, oh, I don't, you know, I can't mix it with the big dogs. I, I don't know. I'm just a lowly little creator, but I am working with a brand right now. And I just really clicked with the PR person. So I felt more confident in myself and I have been sending them content and like saying, if it were me, these are three options you have. This is what I would choose. And this is why. And I know we agreed on this, but while we were out there, we actually filmed this. And I think this is going to hit way harder for you. And it is doing really well for the both of us. I think it's just reaffirming everything you've ever said, just said now. So yeah, if you're someone listening to this, trust yourself. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, what's so funny about that, Phoebe, is that when I started off doing this, I come from a, you know, my background's like in engineering, computer science, that's like my, from, from school. And so I definitely come at this from like a very systems oriented mm. uh, mindset. And so when I started creating content for creators, it was very much like tactics, like frameworks, <laughs> methodologies, like templates, like do this, 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 right? And the most surprising thing that I found in some of the early cohorts of my course was that um, people were still ha like coming up against these obstacles that were very much mindset related. It was like, yeah, no, I'm not, yeah. I'm not good enough. Or I know I don't have a lot of followers or like the, the biggest one was like, well, I can't reach back out to that brand because what if the last campaign didn't go well? Yeah. That's a big one, right? It's like, yeah. oh, I can't work with them again because like, what if I didn't drive any yeah. sales or what if I didn't drive Brand any conversions? <laughs> it's so much anxiety, right? And so it's just like it's this process of helping folks understand that like actually reaching back out regardless of how the campaign went, you will win. You're either winning or you're learning. Always, oh right? Oh and and so it's like when you get this feedback, if the brand says, yeah, it was awesome, time to pitch them on the next deal. But if they said, you know what? It didn't go so well. You need to be able to have the hubris to say, well, tell me more about that. Like, wh yeah. why don't you think it went well? Was that well relative to other creators you've worked with or well relative to some other like key performance indicators that you didn't tell me about that I didn't know I was being measured on? Um, because, oh, by the way, I can actually let's actually try that again. <laughs> In the next yeah. post, yeah. right? You, you use that downside to pitch them again. Uh, and, and so it's like there's so many different ways in which you can like use, you know, you have these kind of mindset shifts to uh, just grow your business. You know what? Um, hearing you talk about it and like, you know, the, the side of it about like getting knocked back and things like this. I read something and by read, saw on TikTok, a video of someone saying, if you knew you were 65 no's away from getting what you wanted, you would be out there chasing no's like there was no tomorrow so you could get to that yes. And I was like, that is a mind mindset shift for me. Like, don't fear the no's because they're getting you where you want to be. Well, you know what's so funny is that uh, this is oftentimes what I've observed happens when creators try to pitch brands in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So they reach out with these really uninteresting pitches, like we talked yeah. about. It's like, "Hi, I love your brand. Love to collaborate, yeah. right?" And then they and then they do they do it maybe 
five times, don't hear anything back. And then creators are like, pitching doesn't work, right? That's yeah. that's because it's like yeah. they didn't hear back, five no's. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Whereas in reality, when you can spend 15 to 20 minutes doing a lot of this research, customized research that I, that I discussed, like I'm not going to – I know this might seem insane, but like I will receive – a response from a brand more than 50% of the time now when I do a cold pitch. But this is based on, again, these are not, it's not the spray and pray approach. This is a heavily customized approach. So to your point, Phoebe, Mm -hmm. if I told you that if you were to do 15 to 20 minutes of research, craft a really heavily customized, very impactful pitch to 10 brands and you'd hear back from five of them or three of them, would you do it? Yeah, I bet absolutely. you would yeah. versus a hundred <laughs> uninteresting pitches. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like, just, again, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset shift about like working smarter, not harder. I will just add one thing to that. I think part of it for me, and I don't know if other creators experience that is a bit of fear because of a bit of media shaming that goes on now. Mm. So it's not uncommon to open up the daily mail or whatever and see an article about an irate restaurant owner who's peeved that somebody contacted them and asked for a free meal. So I think there's always for me now, I get a little bit nervous. I'm like, oh no, is somebody going to air out my dirty laundry? But I think that um, like something for creators, I'm sure you can speak to this better than me, but you know, making sure you're contacting the right person, mm. <laughs> you know, finding that PR contact. hundred <laughs> percent. And going back to this whole thing around having it be them focused yes. first, yes. it's much right. less now, give me a free meal, give me yes. free accommodations and more about like, who's going to flame you for being like, Hey, let me help you get a better ROI on your influencer strategy. That's so true. That's not, that's not like, oh, let's go, let's go forward this to the Daily Mail, yeah. right? It's like, it's like, no, this is like, oh, this is interesting. Who is this yeah. person? Right. Yeah. And so again, like, like this is just another reason why uh, coming at this from like a business minded approach will ha- perhaps alleviate some of that anxiety. For sure. Can I ask, with the mindset being so important, I guess one of the best ways to improve the mindset is just to continuously go out there and keep trying. But is there another way? Is there other methods people can uh, adopt to improve that mindset or get in the right mind space to be doing this? Well, the first one is to join my newsletter <laughs> because every single week I share I share stuff like this on Mindset Mondays. Okay, um, no, but really I do <laughs> uh, because honestly, like that, I for a long time I was just doing once a week, and I, I literally send. By the way, this is totally like self pro and I have no shame doing it. But like, I literally, I literally send you paid sponsorship opportunities every single week for free in my newsletter, which is just creatorwizard.com slash join, by the way. Um, but, but the, um, but honestly, and so that's why I added this second day because it was like, people have said, Oh, I've, I, you know, they reply to the email and be like, Oh, I really want to apply to this one brand deal. And I'm like, okay, do it. Like, and, do it, but yeah. it's like, but it's, the, it's the thing. Like, what do I say in the application? How do I stand out? Um, what if they say no? What if I get ghosted? Um, right. There's all this just insecurity that goes along with it. And, and from my, my, um, perspective, a lot of it comes down to surrounding yourself with people who are in a similar situation as you, right. Help being there to support each other. That, that is like the, the, the hardest thing about being a creator is it's so lonely. Right. Like yeah. uh, my wife and I yeah. felt this so tremendously growing up that it's like uh, like coming up on on social media. It's like 
our family, our friends, no one could relate when we had conversations with, with other people that would just be like, what's that crazy thing you're doing on the internet? You still doing that? You still making money doing that? It's like, yes, uncle, blah, blah, blah. Yes. I'm still doing that. Right. But it's like, truly, this is like how you make money on YouTube, right? Like this conversation for years and years and years. Um, And so it's like, it's the idea of like surrounding yourself with other people who can kind of commiserate um, and, you know, kind of go to for that support. Absolutely. So this is a question I get asked a lot. Um, especially from up and coming or just those just starting, they say, how do I actually set my rates? How do I know what to charge for what I'm doing? There is no industry standard. It's I can't go on seek or whatever and check out what everyone else is getting paid. How do I know what figure to put on something? Okay. So, um, I did say I love frameworks and methodologies and all this. And so you better believe I got one for you. Okay. So, um, my framework is called the do rule. Okay. That's D U E. Okay. To get paid what you're due, by the way. Um, and D is what are the deliverables? Okay? okay. What exactly is the brand asking you to do? Because a lot of brands will reach out and be like, love your content. Would love to collaborate, make a few posts and maybe blah, you know, some on YouTube, <laughs> some on Instagram, blah, blah. No. How many videos? Is it integrated? Is it dedicated? Is if it's on Instagram, is it going to be a reel, a photo carousel, stories? Is it going to be posted in feed? Is it going to be a pin post? Do you want a link in bio? Uh, you know, if it's on, if it's a stream, like on TikTok, right? So it's like, I need you to enumerate. I need you to articulate exactly what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that is your task as a creator to get to extract that information from them. Okay. The you in the do rule is the usage rights. What does the brand want you to do, want to do with your content beyond you posting it on your platform? Do they want to embed it on their website? Do they want to, you know, let an e-commerce partner use it on their website? Do they want to use it for paid advertising? If they do want to use it for paid advertising, how long are they going to be doing that for? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be confined to social and digital media? Are they using it for broadcast TV ads? Are they putting it on a freaking out? We definitely signed away broadcast TV. (laughs) TV rights to one of our content. We turned on the TV and we're like, we definitely didn't get paid for that, but oh, there's our, there's our video. Right. And so, so we made every mistake in the book, you name it. And and that's where a lot of this, these insights come from. So that's the you. Okay. And then the E in the do rule is the exclusivity. Are they saying that they cannot, that you cannot work with their competitors for a certain duration, right? So three months or six months or whatever, because that is that represents an opportunity cost for you mm-hmm. where if one of their competitors, right, a competitive tourism bureau for you, Phoebe or something, right, approaches and says, hey, can you come to Albania? And you'd be like, no, sorry, uh, New Zealand says I can't, right, or yeah. whatever, right, right, <laughs> right. And so but, but but honestly, this happens all the time. And uh, one of the other really important things to, to understand is that you are completely within your rights to yeah. confine the exclusivity category. So if a brand comes to you and says, oh, you know, let's say it's Samsung, okay? Uh, and they say, you cannot, it's like a, you know, maybe it's like a, a, a you know, a smartphone partnership or something, right? Mm-hmm. They say, you cannot, yeah, yeah, you cannot work with any competitors of Samsung. That's what the contract says. Yeah. Well, Samsung makes fridges. They make microwaves. They make lots of things. So any competitor to Samsung is very yeah. broad. So you're complete within your rights to say, smartphones that's the category 
right? And so again, a lot of creators think this stuff isn't negotiable, but everything is negotiable. And so again, going back to this do rule, I know a lot of creators would be like, give me a formula, 2% of your follow, my following or like my engagement rate and blah, blah, blah. It's all BS. Anyone telling you to do that? Don't listen to them. Unfollow them immediately, okay? Um, because it, it's terrible <laughs> advice, okay? Because every deal you do should be different. And these are the core. And, and again, I have, there are, <laughs> I definitely have calculators and other methodologies that I teach um, about this. But, like, I just want you to, I'm being a little facetious, but I want you to hear that, like, every deal you do is going to be different. And so if you're trying to boil it down to some standardized formula, um, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Yeah. Which which makes it hard for creators, right? They're like, I've got a 1000 subs for this i've got whatever what am i worth and it's like there's yeah. no simple answer right that makes well, it frustrating um, that you got to do the work but i guess that's the thing right you want to get paid you got to do the work to figure it out i will say okay so so uh i haven't done this yet but this is this is on my near-term roadmap um which is i, I just have this mindset that i like information wants to be free that, that's like my opinion about, about a lot of this stuff. And so uh, a lot of the, t- I have built some like really, really sophisticated tools in my courses, brand deal calculators, sponsorship mm-hmm. trackers, a lot of this stuff that I've been talking about. And I'm going to ultimately make them all free because I believe that uh, all of this, st- like creators everywhere deserve to have tools like this. But I yeah. am also of the opinion that um, unless you educate yourself around mm-hmm. this topic, um, it, it does not behoove you. You're not going to be able to build these sustainable business. Actually, I don't know if you can see this, but like I have this little uh, LED tracker, uh, like a little like display over my shoulder here. Um, And uh, so I have a mission to help creators big and small uh, land a million sponsorships by 2032. So in the next 10 years. And so this is going to be my McDonald's hamburger counter. eventually <laughs> where it's going to be counting this up because uh i want people to have these tools and, and these methodologies and processes to be able to um advocate for themselves and, and it doesn't exist right now it's always like paywalled or gated behind oh join up for our SaaS tool or all this stuff which is just all bs like eventually i'm gonna make this all free um because you know i don't know i, th- I think this 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 information deserves to be out there so stay tuned on that i don't have a t- <laughs> date on that yet but i'm working on it <laughs> But if they joined your newsletter, they'd find out when. If they jo- yeah, I mean, thanks, thank you for the plug. I'm I'm Venmoing you the bri- bribery money right now. Hold on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it's really important. I mean, I, I, to round it all out, I, I think is does the other side of the equation the the brands like where are they getting their information and their education on this from? Like, is it? Or is that the creator's role? Like, I mean, you know, when it comes down to brand education, it's incredibly complicated. If you are a brand representative and you are Googling how to work with influencers, right? It's like, it's so, so there's so many different venture back companies running ads saying, use our platform. Like we'll, we'll slice and dice every single demographic, every single blah, 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 blah. It's like, we have 5 million influencers that you can search for. And a brand's be like, okay, I'll pay, you know, a thousand dollars a month for access to that or whatever. Right. And so it's like, so the, the two um, major paths that a brand has to decide is, um, do we sign up for one of the platforms that is fully self-service where we have an account, right? And we, you know, have our marketing, you know, coordinator or our influencer marketing manager or whatever. Um, They actually make the applications, right? Where they say, okay, creators apply to us. We will vet all the people who are applying or they can hand it off to the VIP team 
at these platforms to say, hey, you run, here's a million dollars, here's a hundred thousand dollars, you run the campaigns for us, right? And so um, I, I believe that uh, the decision of what path you mm-hmm. go down um, is mm-hmm. how critical you view influencer marketing to your customer acquisition strategy more generally. So if you are a you know Gen Z focused brand or you're a D2C brand yeah. or something like yeah. that, I would reckon that influencer marketing is probably going to be a pretty significant portion of your media mix, right? And so you're probably going to want to like in-house that expertise and have an influencer marketing manager on on staff, right? <laughs> if you are a very, very traditional incumbent conglomerate or something like that, they don't give a crap about influencer marketing. <laughs> They're going to hand that off to their agency of record. They're going to hand yeah. that off to... 10, you know, 10 other agencies that they have run and they're not even going to touch it. They don't want to talk to influencers. Right. And so, um, but the up and coming brands, the smaller to medium sized brands, that is where your opportunity is as a creator to put that wizard hat on, eh, 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 put the wizard hat on, uh, and, and provide some education. And I get, I can't tell you how many people in my community have, have parlayed this into full-time jobs, right? Because it's like, when you work with the yeah. brand, like, and you, and you're providing them this this level of expertise, eventually they're just gonna be like, "Can we just hire you?" <laughs> right? Uh, uh, because honestly, because you you they feel like you have their best interests mm. at heart. Now, uh, Justin, unfortunately, we actually are no. running out of time, but I'd I'd like to. No, I no. know, I know, and we might have to bring Justin back in for a part two because we have all these extra questions no. that we wanted to ask that we haven't been able to do. But yeah. you, you talked uh, at the start uh, about you know um, TikTok and all these new creators that are coming in from TikTok and you're seeing them sometimes make some of the same mistakes that you know YouTubers originally did. But let me just ask a question because so many people are asking us about this at the moment is TikTok versus YouTube and the opportunities that exist on those platforms. Because TikTok, obviously, the monetization models are not as sophisticated as YouTube. But what does exist for this new generation of creators on platforms like TikTok? My biggest concern, candidly, is uh, I bet you'd be very hard-pressed to tell me the username or the handle of your favorite short form creator. I think you would be like, oh, that one girl who does that thing or that one guy who does that thing. Whereas if you're sitting down and watching a 10 minute long form YouTube video, I bet you could, I, I bet you could remember the channel name. I bet you could. Right. And I fundamentally view both of these mechanism and mechanisms and both of these formats as working hand in hand, you can't have one or the other. So the way in which I look at my TikTok strategy is I look at it as very, very top of funnel. So if come on, if someone watches a 30 second or a 60 second, one of my, you know, real pithy TikToks around, like if a brand says this, do this, right. And, and then blah, down, blah, 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 blah. Um, my <laughs> entire goal is if that, so this is, let me break, let me quickly, let me break down to you my TikTok strategy. You'll probably find this interesting. Okay. Um, what I do is that when uh, a like this is a weekly thing that we do is that if a person follows me I go back and I look at all the people that have mm-hmm. followed me over the last week or whatever and if they look as though they are a creator who is you know trying to make you know make themselves uh, you know known on on TikTok and so on mm-hmm. I will DM them I will say hey thank you so much for following me uh, I, I really appreciate it um, I also share paid brand partnerships every single week in my newsletter, check my link in bio. And the, the entire goal is to get that direct connection with this person who has said that they're interested in following me. And so um, I probably have a success rate. So of the people who follow me, probably about 50% 
our creators, like have a, like a profile photo, non-random username, right? And so I'm like, okay, this person is a creator, right? And so, and, and by the way, it's very surprising because a lot of times people who have like mm-hmm. 300 followers on TikTok and then you go to their Instagram, they have like 100,000, <laughs> right? So it's like, you can't just like go by their following on TikTok. So then I DM them. Then of the people I DM, probably 50% of those okay. respond and mm-hmm. 30% probably ultimately join the newsletter. So- like, if you look at this, you know, yes, it's a it's a smaller percentage of my overall following on TikTok, but more than fifty percent of the last creators in my last uh, course cohort were from TikTok. They're they're TikTokers, right? And so it's like, and that was a big change from my first cohort. So so it's like, again, like if you're a creator and you're trying to think through your your short form strategy, <laughs> uh, so many times people have like mm. found my TikTok and then they went and they said, I just binged a bunch of your YouTube videos, or I just joined your newsletter, or I just mm-hmm. did X Y Z. And so if you look at your short form content as playing a larger role into your overall business and how you're how you're thinking about all the different uh, platforms yeah. that you're uh, that you're building as a creator, I, I think it'll make a lot more sense. That is a great tip. No, I, I think like what uh, that top line about what you said about yeah. TikTok and the relationship between like the audience and the platform and then the audience and creators, like that's yeah. a whole episode. We, like Fred and I have been talking about this a lot recently, but then the strategy is, mm. is really smart, right? Like how do you directly take, like not just let the audience, you know, magically discover what value you've got to offer elsewhere, um, whether mm. that's a newsletter or other content you know, or things like that, like actually take some action for them to drive through. That's really smart. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's. If there's one parting note that I want everyone to hear every, any creator who has listened to this is that your top priority, if you're trying to think about like, Oh, I don't want to do short form or, Oh, I don't want to start a YouTube channel or blah, 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 blah. If there's one thing you do, start your email list and nurture it at least once a month, like I would love for you to do it twice a month. Ideally it would be once a week. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you why is because you may not have anything to sell to your followers or your audience now, but a year down the line, when you decide, Oh, I want to launch a merch line or, Mm -hmm. Oh, I want to do coaching or, Oh, I want to have a course or whatever. Oh, or, Oh, I can now offer to my sponsors that I can do an email blast. Mm -hmm to my 2000, yeah. you know, follow, like people on my email list, right? There's, and again, going back to this whole thing is like, whatever you decide to do, you can email your true fans and say, go check out this new thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so like, if there's anything you take away from this conversation, it's like own the connection that you have with the people who have said that they, that they want to follow you and, and appreciate what you're putting out into the world. Yeah. hundred percent on that note, let's wrap it up. Justin, thanks for hanging out. Creator wizard, yeah. Uh, that magical email of yours. If, if everyone just goes to creatorwizard.com, they'll be able to find where to sign up from that. But it is super useful. I'm I'm on that email list. But Justin, thanks. There's uh, heaps of gems in that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. Created generation on the mic.